Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudham and joined today from Singapore. <laughs> I, can't, I was thinking I'd try and mispronounce your name like, uh, like uh, President Trump, but I wouldn't do that to you. Would have been good if you tried. Like, tr- kind of tried to pronounce my name in a weird kind of Chinese way almost. <laughs> Would have been quite funny. I'm not that stupid. Uh, that is funny. It's probably our quote of the week, isn't it? We might get to that later. Suchin Tendulkar. And Virat Kohli. <laughs> I know a person called Kohli. Works in our office here. Yeah, Suchin. Suchin. Unbelievable. And in that, in that huge stadium, they built the biggest stadium in India. Just for Donald Trump. I don't think they've played an international match there. Mm, they haven't yet, but I'm sure that they, he, he took it that way. That it was built for him and then he could open it. Yeah, it was quite funny. There's a lot of funny videos going around social media out there. So sadly, we don't have Toby Doman. He's fine. He's just busy with work, apparently. Who knew? <laughs> In the age of Corona. Yeah. So anyway, we're back and we have quite a lot of cricket to talk about, Darren. I suggest we start with the Women's T20 World Cup, where it's all been happening. It has been happening. Darren tournament got off to a, a quite a action-packed start. India upsetting Australia. I mean, how big a, a shock was that result, Darren? Yeah, I think there was, there was a lot of expectation on us. We talked about it last week, didn't we? And it's great that we're doing, a, that we're doing a podcast within a week of the last one. So hopefully we should start doing this going forward. But yeah, a lot of expectation on Australia. I, I thought when they kept India to, you know, 120 odd, wasn't it? I think people thought quite comfortable that Australia would get those runs. But not to be uh, in front of a pretty, pretty full crowd of thirteen or 14,000 people at the Sydney showgrounds. It was, of course, Puram Yadav with her leg spinners, or should we say more, she's more of a, I guess, a googly bowler, destroying the Australian middle order and taking the first game incredibly. She's four foot 11 in heels, I think. She's been described as Poonam Yadav. O- only came into the team as a kind of a last minute decision from what I understand. And her tiny hands, when she bowls the ball, you can't really see the back of her fingers. And people were saying that when she bowls googlies, normally when a leg spinner bowls it or someone like with hands or wrists, you could see the back of the hand, but you, you just really can't see the hand at all. And quite interestingly, she didn't play any, any of the tri-series games. No, she's been out of favor. Do you think she played one warm-up game against the West Indies? Yeah, she hasn't been in the team. They weren't going to play her, which seems remarkable, actually, given how well she's bowled. You don't think they're holding her back for the... For the tournament? I don't know, actually. I mean, India Australia is a pretty big game. I, w- I would have thought, unless there were some fitness concerns around her, I would have thought they they would be looking to play her in most of the games. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Who, the, the bowler she's replaced uh, has actually performed pretty well uh, in recent months. Yeah, she has. But it does seem remarkable. And and you know, since then, India have gone started the tournament well. They're hundred percent. They won. Uh, just, just you know, within an hour of us uh, recording this, they completed a, a, f- a last ball victory over New Zealand. Um, again, didn't really score that many runs. I think what did they put up? One hundred and thirty-three. But the the spinners just suffocating. It's, it's not not dissimilar to the to the men's cricket team actually in some respects. The spinners just suffocating the opposition batsmen. They did it against Bangladesh as well uh, today against New Zealand. Obviously, New Zealand's a much better batting lineup, and they took the match right down to the wire. They needed four off the final ball for a super over, but Shikha Pandi nailed the Yorker. Clean bowling, the New Zealand batter, and India 100%. So they, they started well, and obviously their star so far has been Shefali Varma, the 16-year-old. I don't know if you've seen much of her, Darren. but Yeah, amazing. Yeah, she yeah, she hits the ball pretty hard. Hit quite a lot of sixes too. She hits a, yeah, a long way. 
she's really really strongly built and really gets hold of the ball and she's very impressive to watch very 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 brave yeah and if i'm not mistaken she uh, she had to pretend to be a boy to play cricket is she that's a pity yes where she grew up well hopefully they're paving the way for other women but i th- i think it's been india's been on fire haven't they you know three from three as you mentioned they've really looked the goods both with bat and ball yeah and they're doing it without their two top batsmen performing smriti mandana and uh, sorry two top batters performing yeah smriti mandana and harmanpreet kaur neither of whom look in good touch at all yeah speaking of looking in good touch i think australia's really struggled they lost against india and just scraped through against sri lanka after being 3 for 10 very early on they just look ter- they look terrible they just look out of sorts the bowling's not very good the batting seems to be quite fragile for some unknown reason elise perry one of the best all-rounders is batting at number 7 in a T20 game. There's a lot of question marks and they seem to be a bit shell-shocked at the moment the Australians, but you'd think quality would kind of bring them back into the tournament. So this afternoon they have a big game against Bangladesh. Huge game. So it seems to be now in t- in group A, India looks like they'll make it through very easily. Then it's really between New Zealand, Australia and I guess maybe Sri Lanka and Bangladesh just to lend with a shout, but it makes it very very interesting now for that group A where everyone thought that Australia would would sort of rush through that group and be very easy first place now it's uh, really opened the table up. Yeah, I think there was a huge sigh of relief when Australia won that match because when they were 10 for 3 against Sri Lanka, the prospect of Australia going out early at their at their home world cup it really would have killed interest in the tournament. It would not have been a good outcome for anyone. I am happy they won that match although they did scrape through. Is it is it Rachel Haynes? Yeah, Rachel Haynes. Yeah, she's she's impressed me. I think she looks quite good. And I must say a bit lucky too. I think she was dropped a couple of times. So yeah, they were lucky to get through that, but I guess everyone's breathing a sigh of relief. And in the other other group, I think it's been interesting, hasn't it? Pakistan got up over West Indies, which is a bit of a surprise, I think. England are on top at the moment, but they've also lost one as well. So that's a very open group at the moment. Yeah, big upset. Pakistan beating the West Indies. I think it's been described as Pakistan's biggest uh, World T20 victory. Um their captain uh saw them home. Um she 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 scored a half century I think and uh they bowled well as well. The seam bowler Diana Baig actually was 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 impressive. West Indies looked really lackluster. Um and England obviously lost to South Africa. That was a thriller. Um some talk of England blaming the mancard rules, I don't know. Just the usual usual whinging. And then England just crushed Thailand. Heather Knight looked uh, she blazed a, a, a big a century in that match. So England Pakistan on Friday is a really big game now. It's massive. Whoever wins that game is going to be well placed to qualify from the group. But yeah, overall I've been really enjoying this uh, the, the matches so far. It's a short and sharp tournament, isn't it? It it's it's great. You know, every everything's every game means something, there's something on the line every match. Yeah, it's really really been good. What do we think about the no ball situation? I don't know if this is necessarily true, but it feels to me like the matches are closer than they often are in men's cricket. There's the, the teams are more evenly matched, and I'm finding it very interesting actually. Yeah, I think with the except, exception of Thailand, right? The other ones have been quite close. Yeah. Yeah, they tend to be quite tight. But even Thailand, they're not like it's not like, you know, Bermuda or someone getting bowled out for like 23 or something. Exactly. The England match was a thrashing, but even in that match they I think Thailand got to like 80 or something. So, I mean, you look at look at the South Africa Australia match at Newlands yesterday. 
I mean, what happened there? That was uh, a carbon copy of the first one, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So anyway, that's women's T20. Are we going to stay in the Southern Hemisphere and uh, hop over the, uh, what is it, the Tasman Strait, the Tasman Sea, whatever they call it, to Christchurch, to the Hagley Oval, actually, for the first match since last year's tragic terrorist attack, which, of course, forced the cancellation of the Australia-Bangladesh uh, match last year so it's the first time and i think it's only the fifth test match australia's played at this ground yeah um they've won four they look on course to win a fifth darren you would have to say india have only won one test in new zealand since 1976 yeah i just read that i didn't realize how bad they've been yeah me neither <laughs> they've only played two tests so <laughs> no they played a lot more than that i think they've lost about seven or eight haven't they, they yeah quite a lot They've played many tests in New Zealand. They just don't win test matches in New Zealand. And bear in mind, New Zealand haven't lost a test series at home in a long time, right? Yeah. Is it too much man love between Coley and Williamson? Is that what it is? Is Coley sort of, is he not taking them seriously enough? He's not feisty enough. He seems too calm, right? He does seem, I, I think he is a bit calm. I think he's trying to. Maybe he's been caned. Yeah, I think he's, well, literally, I hope not. Yeah, he's taking on the statesman role a bit too much. Maybe maybe this is. Uh... Which is a bit weird. You know, arms around, you know, Kane Williamson and being much more chilled out and, and less feisty. He's really having an effect on him, I think. Coley's record is quite instructive. In his last 14 innings um, outside India, he scored 100. Uh, so that includes basically the Australia and New Zealand tours. So he really needs uh, to deliver. Uh, and obviously, the other guy who needs to deliver is India's top bowler, Jasprit Bumrah, who um, took one wicket in the first test, was wicketless in the one-dayers, didn't bowl well in the limited over series against Australia before that, looks off colour since coming back from injuries, bowling too short. It's, it's, a, it's a worry. Yeah, it looks to me almost that he's favouring, because he did have a lower back, lower back issue, right? It feels to me like he's not going through his through his action like he used to. It just feels like he's uh, he's favoring that side a little bit, and I wonder if that's what it is. But it looks like that when you watch him. Yeah, I just I just hope it's only temporary because let's hope. You know, we've seen fast bowlers where injuries can change them significantly. It would be a real shame if that was the case. But anyway, let's not take anything away from New Zealand. They thoroughly outplayed India in the first Test match. They, in particular, they bowled really well. Carl Jameson on debut bowled really well in the first innings he is six foot eight he's not the tallest player to play for new zealand though darren did you know that i'm trying to think he was the tallest um quite a recent player scored uh, i think he scored two hundreds in a test match in 2013 timmy nisham no peter fulton peter fulton's like six foot nine or something i don't remember being that tall apparently i don't remember this at all because jimmy nisham when he debuted scored hundreds in succession yeah no this i don't think this was on debut Peter Fulton. But yeah, Carl Jameson bowled really well. And then, of course, the uh, the old guard took over in the second innings when, when, as we know, batting gets much easier in New Zealand. So, so they say, just like we keep keeping, right? <laughs> it's much easier. Yeah, everything's upside down. In it New is. It really is. Yeah, the old hands were good, weren't they? Southie and, and Trent Bolt, they're really at their prime, especially in the second innings. But I must say, I was, I was kind of impressed by Mike Agarwal. I mean, I think he scored 30 on and a 50 in the second. He, he still looks like a pretty good opener, doesn't he? And I think old Jinx was not too bad, right? There are thereabouts, Ajika Rahani. He was, yeah, he needs to He needs to kick on, obviously. Uh, I think the bright spots for India really only, as you said, Mayank Agarwal and our old friend Ishant Sharma, who uh, his, his kind of miraculous recovery from a broken ankle and jet lag and took five wickets for 68. Yeah. 
in the first innings. That New Zealand first innings, they really struggled to dismiss them, didn't they? You know, the lower order scoring, you know, when Trent Bolt scores 38 runs, that's a real, that's a real indictment against the bowlers. Yeah, you know, Mohamed Shami looked really off colour as well. Ashwin, I thought, bowled okay. He, very, quite difficult, quite difficult in that breeze. But there's a lot of talk that Jadeja will come in anyway because Ashwin's batting is so hopeless at the moment. I think he's averaging 16 in the last three years. Yeah, and this is a guy who before that averaged 35. And not just averaged a lot, he just always looked like quite a natural batsman, didn't he, when he came out? You know, he's just, he just looks... Oh, let's see. Interesting for New Zealand, they may drop Kyle Jameson. It looks like Neil Wagner. <laughs> Wagner. I think he's going to be back in again, isn't he? Well, though, who do you drop? Do you drop Jameson or Southie or Bolt? It's hard. Yeah. Jameson. Well, it's, it's, it's Jameson is the forecast is he's going to be dropped because he was only called in for that one match. Well, you get rid of your spinner. He, he looked pretty ineffective. Uh, he did. He did. Yeah, I love it. It's like they always have like a com- they always have a comedy spinner. Token spinner. They always, it is New Zealand always have a token spinner. I'm sorry. My my respects to Ish Sodi and uh, and and the various other spinners that have come before him. Deepak Patel. Legends. <laughs> I think he bowled like, I think he bowled like three overs or something in both yeah. innings. Good fielder, you know, <laughs> good team, good team spirit guy. <laughs> he's somebody's valet, is he? Um, that, maybe. Yeah, that that often seems to be the case. He's a great bloke. <laughs> yeah, he's, exactly. Just like having him around the group. He's a good influence. <laughs> Spiritual guide. Yeah. So yes, everything for India to do. I don't really have high hopes. I must confess. Yeah, and I mean, if you add it all up, India's record under Kohli in, let's call it Senna, South Africa, England, New Zealand, Australia. It's not great. Senna, I like that. Like John Senna, it's not great. And I think we both said last week, didn't we? We thought that they'd struggle, and we thought they probably wouldn't win the series. So yeah, it's turned out to be true. They didn't look good at all. Quite surprisingly, it's not surprising, and it has to be said. New Zealand's bowlers are so skilled. They really are. In their home conditions. They are, you know, these pitches are not necessarily the most responsive always. And they get so much out of it. You know, it's really impressive. And just the way they marshal their resources, right? Like, you know, there's not a huge playing population in, in New Zealand, but they always seem to put out a really decent squad, especially in the last three to four years, you know. Nobody expected Jameson to do all that well. They thought he might do okay, but he was he was great with bat and ball. So... Yeah, they've definitely got a great system going on there at the moment. Go Kiwis. So well done to them. Well done to them. Kane Williamson, we should say as well, uh, very good innings uh, of 89. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Completely outbatted Coley. All right. Let's stay in the Southern Hemisphere, Darren. <laughs> the hemispheric head over, theory. Head over, head hemispheric bullets. Hemispheric bullets. Let's head over to Newlands where Australia redeemed. David Warner he did redeemed himself. in Cape Town. Uh, with a, I mean, a thumping victory. Any any big lessons here? Was it was it an emotional moment for you? When I woke up this morning, I thought I thought that they made the mistake and, and sort of. I looked at my app in the morning when I woke up, and um, I thought it was the same score as the first T Twenty. I thought they actually, you know, hadn't actually played the third one, but they had. And I guess the three match series went to Australia two one. They thrashed them in the first game by a hundred. They just fell short, more ten runs or so in the second game, chasing. But they thrashed them again in the third game. So it was pretty, pretty, pretty stock standard stuff. Australia still has a lot of questions, if you ask me. I, I think some questions have been answered. So I think that top four is going to be set. Finch, Warner, Smith, and Maxwell when he comes back from injury. A locks. I think they're struggling in that middle. They're not sure what they're doing with Carey, with Wade, and with Mitchell Marsh. I, I don't know why Mitchell Marsh is in the side, to be honest. I think they're really struggling with look, how they play that, that sort of four to six or five to six area. 
and the bowling looks pretty set. You know, they've got a, they've got great resources to call on. Uh, Zampa looked good. Agar was probably took the most wickets in the series. Finally, Richardson was good. Stark was good. So was Cummins, and you've got Jai Richardson coming back as well. So the, the bowling looks good for the World Cup, I'd say. The key questions are really around that middle order, like how they're going to approach that finishing off of innings. They seem to struggle with it at the moment. They were chasing only a very modest total the other night, and they fell up you know, well short. So um, yeah, how do they finish off that batting? I think a lot of, of the sides around at the moment sort of struggle with that. So they look pretty good, I thought. Uh, on the other hand, South Africa were really struggling, weren't they? I, some people stood out for me. Dukok was pretty good. I like Rassi van der Dusen a lot. I think he showed a bit of quality there. I hope they persist with him. Shamsi was fantastic. I think in every every game that he bowled, he really strangled Australia in the middle overs there. And Longo and Giddy looked great too, especially in the second in the second T20. So he looked great. But South Africa, as you said last week, they've got so much work to do. They just look all at sea at the moment. De Kock looks flummoxed in front of reporters. He obviously doesn't enjoy being interviewed. He's pretty new to it, and the poor guy needs support. I, I just, I just really feel for him. He just looks like he needs, he needs a hug and someone to really talk to and be his ally. It just feels like they're really struggling at the moment. You don't think Graham Smith is giving out enough hugs? I don't think he is. And what I was thinking today is that there was an interesting article on Crick Buzz that interviewed this guy called Morris Duffy. He's described as a Northern Irish academic and mindset coach. So he was the guy who helped Steve Smith from Cape Town onwards as his kind of coach. Um, so I'm wondering if he could use Mr. Duffy's support. There's a very interesting article today, and I encourage you all to have a look at Crick Buzz about Mr. Duffy's struggles and working with Steve Smith over those last year or so. So very interesting, insightful stuff. But do you think that De Kock needs this coach or just like South African cricket in general needs a mindset yeah, I think coach? The whole, <laughs> I think Mark Belcher probably needs one too. I think the whole setup needs a, needs a mindset coach. They can, they can employ a whole set of mind coaches um, and deploy them across South African cricket at the moment because they just look all you know shot really at the moment, I think. I think before they get a mindset coach, they need a mindset. They do need a mindset. Well, it's harsh. Yeah, it is a bit harsh, but you know, certainly if you look at the administration... I don't know. There's some some justification. Yeah, it's really tough on De Kock, I think. He doesn't look like... You're right. He doesn't look like he has much support. And I think to find himself in this situation so early on as a captain, not ideal at all for him. While we're, while we're on South Africa, did you see Ashton Agar's interview after the first T20 International? Um, he's, he's a really nice guy, you know, kind of like a kid. And he was just gushing about he, how he wants to be like Jadeja. Jadeja's his idol. He said... He's a gun bat. He's a great fielder. You know, he wants to, he gets out and takes wickets. He wants to score runs. And he was just gushing about how great Jadeja is. So I can't wait until they finally play together one day to see what happens there. They must be teammates already, no? Or no? Has Agar got an IPL contract? I don't think he does. He does. Uh, no, maybe not. So he, just, just from afar, he's admired. He loves him. He was just gushing and it was amazing. So we're talking about bromances. That's, that could be one there. Isn't Ashton Agar older than Jadeja? I think Ashton Agar's still only 26. <laughs> He's still only 21. Well, you still, you still remember the, his debut in the Ashes when he scored 98 at number 11. I think he was 18 then or something. Who can forget that? Yeah. Brings a tear to my eye. I mean, I, that's great. It's, it's good. I don't, yeah. I don't know how Jadeja feels about this man love, this crush. Well, if you're going to emulate anyone, there are worse players, I suppose. Especially for a left-arm spinner, right? He is a left-arm spinner, isn't he? He's a left-arm yeah. spinner. Yeah, exactly. Some might say nude, nude spin. Left arm nudies. <laughs> yeah, he's the, the the ball that goes straight on is his uh, is his stock ball. Just like you and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. What's the one that goes straight? Yeah. yeah. 
the one that goes straight, you know, the arm ball. Um, but actually, they're not dissimilar players, are they? You know, uh, all round left arm, all rounders, both very good fielders. Yeah, very athletic as well. There was some great catching in the series too. I don't know if you saw Faf Duplessis flick that ball back into David Miller, but that was sensation. And Steve Smith fielding over the boundary line. He dived over and pulled back a six. He was horizontal to the ground. Some really great outfielding. And that's really the great thing about T20. That is. Although I'm, I'm so, I feel like I'm just so like immune to it. You know, I've seen so many of these catches now. Yeah. They just Numb- they are they numbing me anymore. <laughs> They're numbing. I'm numbed. I'm more impressed by. I will say in the women's T20, there have been some pretty. Uh, there have been quite a few dropped catches. I kind of find those more impressive <laughs> than these. These really spectacular. I mean, there was an absolute dolly drop today at mid off. Yeah, I mean, it was a kind of catch I would have dropped. <laughs> and I just think when you look at a catch and you think. Mm, it's not it's not ideal. So I wanted to ask you, BBL obviously just wrapped. Who won? It wasn't Brisbane. No, Brisbane that. didn't win. I think Brisbane are a bit like the RCB of, of the IPL. They have a lot of firepower, but no go. So yeah, the kind of Melbourne Stars were kind of which is um, Glenn Maxwell captains that team. They were sort of leading all tournament and they fell away at the end, and it was the Sydney Sixers that won. Um, captained by Moses Enriquez, who was a great captain. But I think they had towards the end, se- end of the season, they had back uh, Steve Smith. Uh, Nathan Lyon, so they they really sort of romped home in the end. But um, some interesting stuff coming out of that. Any players caught your eye? Yes, Stoinis was the leading run scorer by a long way, opening the batting for the Melbourne Stars. And of course, this year he joins Adeli, so he'll join, of course, Dreas Ayer, but he'll join a very powerful side. So there'll be Stoinis, Shikadawan, Roy, Jason Roy, Prithvi, Ayer, and Pants, and also Alex Carey. That's a very potent looking batting lineup. Are you tipping the Delhi Daredevils for success, Darren? I think I do it every year, <laughs> but I won't say that yet because I have to see their. I haven't seen their bowling lineup. I must say, because bowling is very important in T20, as you very well know, Arun. Hales did very well. Hales was the second highest run scorer, so he's kind of like throwing his hat in the ring. And Livingston, I presume, mm, Liam Livingston. Liam Livingston did pretty well for the Perth Scorchers. Tom Banton, the young guy from the UK, was very imp- – that ball – that guy smashes the ball all over the place. He paid for the heat for half the season. He was good. And he, of course, he's been sold to KKR, and he joins Russell, Narine, Morgan, Shubman Gill, Kartik, and Pat Cummins, and some pretty good additions to that squad. Josh Philippi, too, was outstanding. He's the young keeper from the Sydney Sixers. Opening batsman, he looked really good. He's going to join Finchie uh, and Coley and Davilias. At your favorite RCB team this year. <laughs> Super Kings. It's all about Super Kings. Actually, bowling was, was interesting. I, I think some of the all-rounders did well. I think Chris Morris, South Africa, did well in the BBL. Tom Curran was outstanding again, as he always is. A guy called Darren Sams, who was amazing as well. He, he could be a shoe-in for the World Cup, a kind of a late bolter. He was very good. And a guy called Ralph from Pakistan was rapid. He was bowling at 150s and was very hard to get away. Oh, yes. I've, I, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah he's, he's amazing. And Rashid Khan was okay, but he got taken to town a few times by some of the batters. So I think they've sort of got their head around him a little bit. So he did okay, but he wasn't as good as he has been before. Yeah. And didn't Liam Livingston have some sort of really unfortunate injury situation? I think he did get injured. Are you, are you aware of this? He got, he got uh, hit by the ball. How can I put it? He endured two painful blows to the groin region in the same innings, Darren. Yes, Paul Livingston. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. But he still scored a half century. Yeah, he did. 
Yeah. Of course, everyone thought it was hilarious, even though it's like like seriously dangerous. That's what they say in Perth. They're tough over there. Just get out there and bat, mate. He's not from Perth, is he? Liam no, he was playing for Perth. Oh, right. Okay. He's an, he's an adopted son. He's an adopted son, yeah. The Perth Scorchers. So, BBL, let's, let's, take, let's make a quick detour to Bangladesh, um, where there's been some, some fun and games. They had a one-off test match against New Zealand, Darren, and I think you may be familiar with the comments of Nazmul Hassan, <laughs> BCB president, who on the eve of the match, I guess he was trying to, to rally his troops. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, I want to know the game plan on the day before the game and the playing 11. I have told them that they have to give me the batting sequence. So that's a little odd. And then he said, Mominal is new to the test captaincy. Plus he is quite shy, soft. <laughs> If we lose to Afghanistan, we can lose to Zimbabwe. I have no hope. I told them, if you take them lightly, it will be a big disaster. Pretty punchy comments, Darren. How very paternal of him. Sounds very paternal, doesn't it? Some, some tough love. Tough love, yeah. Maybe some, some justification. They did lose to Afghanistan. I mean, that's actually true. Yeah. So, Just what you need from your senior administrators, right? You need that kind of support. Calling the, uh, calling the captain uh, soft. Uh, Mominul Haq. Who was, I think, making his debut as captain, right? This is his first yeah. series. Anyway, Bangladesh responded. Clearly, the comments worked. <laughs> so I'm hopeful we'll see more of this kind of stuff from Nazbul Hassan going forward. Thanks, Nazbul. So you were talking about a mindset coach. I mean, this is the guy you need in your corner. This is this is all the mindset coaching that Bangladesh need. Are you saying there's going to be a role for him in South African cricket? I think he could he could probably do a job at many cricket boards. <laughs> I reckon. Sounds like you know, it. Him and uh, yeah, maybe maybe um, he's trying to out Shastri Ravi Shastri. <laughs> um, anyway, the comments work. Bangladesh completed a, a, a thumping victory over Zimbabwe by an innings and and something. I don't know. They scored As expected. They scored five hundred and sixty for six declared, and there was more intrigue because the declaration came with Mushfikur Rahim. Of course, one of uh, the mainstays of Bangladesh batting, not out on 203. After they declared, Mushfakur Rahim said, I wasn't aware we would be declaring today. I felt that with two days in hand, uh, we could have helped deteriorate the wicket further. I could have reached a triple hundred tomorrow, perhaps in the first session tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't ask about the decision. It could be due to the weather. So... Yeah, it's good to see. So who made the decision? Well, I assume Mominal Haq is trying to demonstrate, <laughs> sure. clearly trying to demonstrate how hard he is. He's trying to out-alpha the whole team, right? Absolutely. He's the alpha dog. But let me ask you this, Darren. Is it normal for a batsman on 203 not out to say that he's going to make a triple century? Well, I remember being on 75 one day and the uh, the captain, you know, called us in to declare. And I, I, I told him later I could have scored 300. You know, I was in the zone. <laughs> yeah. He cost me a triple century. He did, he did. And I'm sure you, you made your feelings known. I did. I don't know, I think Mushfiq Rahim, I mean, look, he may have well have been able to score a triple century, but yeah, not exactly the kind of comments you want necessarily, especially in your first test yeah, as captain. He could have scored 400 too. He probably could have. Anyway, they completed a very, uh, quite a straightforward victory, uh, and that was a one-off test. So well done, 
to the Bangladesh team. Actually, it is good news for Bangladesh cricket because it's been, I think, a year since a Bangladeshi player scored a century in Test cricket, and two of them, including Momin al-Haq, by the way, got a century in this game. So well done to them. Just a tidbit from Pakistan. The PSL, of course, is underway. I don't know if you've been following that at all. No, I've, I've followed bits and pieces. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the most more interesting things I saw was uh, Dean Jones had to come to the defence of a player who was filmed in his team's dugout with a, on a mobile phone. Can't actually remember which team it was. Dialing him in. Yeah. Karachi Kings. Is that it? Yes, Karachi Kings. So he said it was the CEO. Apparently the CEO is allowed to have their mobile phone in a dugout, but it didn't really look like the CEO. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. I'm just some young dude, young water boy. I mean, yeah. have a look at the video. Calling it, it in. Doesn't look, it's, a, it's a guy dressed in the full team kit. That could be. Could, I mean, yes, if it was, what's his name, son? Mumbai Indians. Yeah, yeah. Ambani's son. That, Ambani, yeah. <laughs> that dude. Yeah, darling it in, baby. Yeah, but mm, not ideal. And, and, and actually, the, the news item I did want to bring up from Pakistan is that Umar Akmal has been suspended from all cricket-related activity by the Pakistan Cricket Board under its anti-corruption code. They have not revealed any details of any offence or charge. Has, wasn't he suspended before he's been suspended on more than one occasion for kind of rank insubordination wasn't there the the whole fitness thing recently yeah there's been a few things he's been always been a bad boy he was cleared during a fitness test uh this was actually i wouldn't say it was one of my favorite stories but it certainly raised my eyebrows he was in a fitness test I think it was the fat test, right? The skinfold test. Skinfold test, Which yes. is used to, uh, I'm sure you do this every week, Darren. It's used to kind of I do. monitor your uh, body fat percentage. Umar Akmal is believed to have exposed himself in front of the trainer and asked, where is the fat? <laughs> oh, no. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Very appropriate indeed. Yeah, you can't make it up. Anyway, he's, fo- he's followed that one up by being suspended under the anti-corruption code. I mean, it, he's racking up the, uh, the, the offences. He really is demerit points. He really is. Uh, anyway, we don't know what the, the offence or the charge is. I'm sure it will be leaked one of these days. And he, isn't, he, is, he will miss the PSL. He's suspended. Mm. Well, there you go. So there you go. So speaking of bad boys, yes, I did see another snippet of news today that David Warner has in fact been restated as Sunrisers Hyderabad captain for the coming IPL season. I wanted to get your thoughts, Arun. Well, first of all, can I say you pronounced Hyderabad really well? Thank you. Can I just say that? I'm really impressed. <laughs> I'm really impressed. You are, re- you are, yeah, you're a long way from Queensland. I am. Um, maybe next time I can coach Virat Kohli <laughs> and Suchin. Yeah. <laughs> So what do I think about that? Um, who are the other... i sorry, I don't even know who the other captaincy contenders are at Sunrises. So um, if you remember when he was banned from the captaincy after the fallout from the South Africa incident, the ball tampering that. incident, Kane Williamson stood oh, in. Oh, that's, that's what I thought. I thought Kane Williamson was the captain. And Bouvier was also the captain, I think. I mean, I think Kane Williamson is... I think we're all agreed he's a pretty good captain. I'm not sure... They need, as long as Kane Williamson is still in the team, I would have thought he would be a better captaincy candidate than David Warner. But guess who's coaching? Guess who's coaching? I don't know. It's not Ravi Shastri. No, to- Toby likes to describe him as a, as something on a stick. Oh, God, that guy. Um, Trevor Bayliss. No. Yes. Yes, Trevor Bayliss. So it's going to be the Warner and Bayliss show. 
Huh. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Should he be captain? I'm not convinced. It's quite. It's kind of. I don't know if is Kenny Williamson still in the team or not. I think he is. Or has he been traded to another team? I think he's still in the, in the squad. I feel bad for Kane. I think it's just it's just the usual. But I must say that he took him to the championship, didn't he? In twenty was it twenty sixteen? Yeah. David Warner, and he's probably getting more popular as far as PR and everything else goes. I think with the kids to use an advertising campaign, he's, he's probably more he's probably more of a commodity than Kane Williamson is. Yeah, that's. I was just going to say that. Knowing the IPL, it's probably part of the deal, isn't it? That he's yeah. going to be captain. Because he's such a big commodity and he can do all that stuff. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think it makes a huge difference at the end of the day. Uh, One more quote we need to mention. This one particularly relevant for our situation. In fact, you sent this one through, Darren. Sri Lankan, I think he's the board president. Oh, he's one of the selectors. Might be the chief selector. Ashanta Demel said about the Sri Lankan team, our fielding is so bad that if I send all these buggers to Wuhan, none of them... (laughs) would catch the coronavirus because these buggers can't catch anything. I think, I, think I, I love the use of the word, the word bugger in that <laughs> sentence several times. Uh, I think I sent you that one during the week, didn't I, last week? You did. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Before we finish up, I, Arun, I just want to ask you something. I, I came across this news item before, and it says Malaysia beat Hong Kong 5-0 yeah. in a T20 series. Can you talk us through that? I, I have no idea what happened. I did see, I kept seeing the scores popping up and I was like, what is going on here? I haven't really been following um, Hong Kong cricket much recently. They, they've kind of, I don't know, they've gone off the boil a bit ever since those two players were banned. It's broken right. my heart. It's broken my heart, Darren. <laughs> I just, I've, I've, can't, <laughs> can't deal with it anymore. I can't deal with it anymore. It, re- it really has. I, and to be honest, I know I say this in jest a little bit. I think it has taken the shine of Hong Kong cricket a little bit. Not only were those, you know, those two guys who got banned, they were actually, one of them at least was a really important player for Hong Kong. So yes, very sad. Yeah, it does. It does feel like it's a transitional time as well. Some of their top players for Hong Kong are not playing in this series. They are, as you know, Hong Kong has had a real struggle trying to keep hold of its best players. One guy's gone off to be a Cathay Pacific pilot. Another one's gone off to play in New Zealand. I can't remember his name, but he's I think he's actually played for New Zealand. Then there's Anshuman Rath Chapman. Is it Sam yeah. Chapman? Um, uh, Anshuman Rath is, I think, in England. And is, is kind of, I think he's got British residency. And I think he's, or is he or is he in India? One of them's in India playing first-class cricket. Another one's in England. There's just more money for them outside Hong Kong. Of course. And they want to go to the big leagues, right? If you're playing in Hong Kong, I mean, you might want to go to county cricket or... Yeah. Or, or, or play in some of these T20 Leagues, uh, yeah. tournaments and then of course my my personal trainer is not in this team so i'm, I'm not getting the um i'm not getting the, the behind i'm not getting the behind the scenes gossip yeah you're not okay. not that he provides any gossip that is is in contravention of any any, <laughs> any codes whatsoever he's uh yeah no he's he's actually i, I just see his instagram nda clause that he might have signed <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, no, he's not in. I, I don't know. Looking at the team, I have to say, I don't recognize. I was going to say, I don't recognize any of these players, but that's because I'm looking at the Malaysia team. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at the wrong team. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was like, who are, who these, are these guys? guys? <laughs> looking at the Hong Kong team, yeah, I mean, a few of the names I recognize Nizakat Khan, uh, Scott McKechnie, Esan Khan, but actually, these are not. A lot of these players are not um, the household names that we know in Hong Kong. So I just wonder if um, if it's if it's not really all of the first choice players. Yeah. Mm. 
Maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, maybe the next time there's a really big tournament, that Hong Kong will be able to get some of its bigger players back. It's probably enough on Hong Kong cricket. We've probably tested our listeners' patience enough now. Cool. So, any other business, Darren? Otherwise, I think we're done for this episode. I think we're good. We're good. Well, thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. I think we'll be back next week uh, with another update. Um, see you then. 